Yo, what's up, everybody? Hey, 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 what's Yo, going on? Welcome to Let's Talk About It. My yeah. name is Trevor King. Pastor Q, and this is a podcast designed for everyone who's had those questions they didn't know who to talk to about. We're going to have candid conversations around everything from sex, sexuality, religion, relationships, parenting, politics. Trev, we're going we're gonna to talk about it on this podcast. Well, let's talk about it. Then. Let's talk about it. All right. Join us as we talk about it. Hey man, so we are um, we back? Yeah, and we've been we've been rocking at this now for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always fun. It's an honor to have you with me oh, to man. be just vibing, learning from each other. Yeah, uh, we, we've been talking about okay, this podcast. Let's let's let the theme of it be. I mean, let's talk about it. Yeah, like let's get in there. Let's chop it up. Let's let's talk about the issues that are prevalent mm-hmm. and pervasive in culture, in our personal life. Yeah. Um, everything from sex, sexuality, uh, parenting, um, the ills of our community, politics. I mean, we're, we're going we're going to try to talk about the stuff yeah. that people have been been wanting to talk about, may not have had an outlet to talk about it questions that people have had but not a person that they can come to with it Mm -hmm. and and uh and so man i'm excited bro this this is a podcast number number trice yeah man. trace man three three in there come on baby we got three in the bag man i was was talking to ebony just uh i think a couple days ago just telling her like how much fun i've been having yeah recording the podcast and i i mentioned this on the first one how I said that I selfishly wanted to make the podcast because yeah. I wanted more time with my pastor, but right. I think I needed to make this podcast because I needed I needed a space to vent. Yes, yeah, good. I need a space to grow and learn, and yeah. man, this has been enlightening, especially hearing it played back in my yeah. ears. It's like for one, I'm like, oh, that's me speaking yeah. on the microphone, man. <laughs> I'm cool out here in yeah, the streets, right, right. But right. like, it's been man, it's been exciting, man. I'm 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 loving it, and I can't wait for the people to hear it, man. Yes, yeah, good. That's I can't good. wait. Yeah, me too, me too. So our plan is to uh, we got a we got a couple of them in the queue mm-hmm. now, um, and so we're gonna start releasing these puppies this month, man. And, yeah, uh, getting to a rhythm you know we talked about do we do we release it once a month do we release the episodes twice a month mm-hmm. and uh you know i think we're going to encourage people to stay connected to what we're doing mm-hmm. so they can always be quick to get the update of what's happening and so yeah. so uh <clears throat> so so as you said you know this podcast is really us being able to ask like some real life questions yeah you know whether it's stuff you've had to walk through or I've had to walk through. Uh, a man said to me one time, he said, he said, that which is most personal is also that which is most universal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it struck a chord with me because essentially what he's saying is, is, is what you've had to walk through. Other people have had to walk through. Yeah. And, and there's this shared human experience that we all have. Mm-hmm. And what we know is that God is not only aware He's in tune, he cares, and he's intentional mm-hmm. about answering those questions, meeting those needs, and providing a way forward for us mm-hmm. as we all have this universal human experience. Mm-hmm. What's one of the universal human experiences we're going to talk about today, Trev? Well, well, I think right now something that's uh, pre- very prevalent in our community is mental health. Yeah. I think that uh, – 
at least for myself, I suffer from uh, sometimes having depression, yep. anxiety, and things like that that kind of sway my judgment yep. to one side or yep. to the other. And then I think even in African uh, African American community, mm-hmm. um, mental health is something that is now just just now being uh, acknowledged yeah. in a greater way. Right. Um, yeah. But I yeah I I have I have struggles with it, and just even with church. Um, knowing when to pray about it or when to seek a doctor. <laughs> right. That's a big struggle, right. man. Like, like t- to tell you the truth, growing up, uh, I heard this phrase all the time was, there's nothing wrong with that boy. Just yeah. take him to the pastor, let him pray right. for you. Right. Like, I heard that. Right. And it was always, well, God's the doctor. God's yeah, the way maker. Yeah. Well, he's a good physician. He's a good physician. Jehovah Rapha. There we go. So it's yeah. like, well, when do we go to the physician that yeah, has the yeah, office yeah, that we can yeah. physically go to? Yeah. Or when do we say we need to go to the church yeah. and get prayed for? So I think for me, mental health is like one of those things where uh, I, I want it to be spoken about yeah. a lot more than yeah. what it has been. Yeah, and not just for the black community, for anybody involved. Because yeah. we go to a church that's mixed with everything. That's right, man. So so this isn't, this isn't just a, a black awareness yeah. podcast. But but I do want to shine a light because we are two African-American men. Oh, absolutely. And I and I believe in I believe in trying to bring awareness to our community, but to, for our community in a greater sense of the Christian church. Yeah, yeah. Um. So so just I mean, mental health and and what's your take on what's your take on where yeah where the world is at? Even? Yeah, I, mean, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that mental health, by and large, has been a taboo subject. It's been something you know we don't talk about. If we are aware of it or something that we're woefully ignorant of um, in the context of a church of the church mm-hmm. um, in times past, it's been even worse. Yeah. You know, it's to your point, pray for him. All you need is some prayer. You need the word. You know, what you do to let the devil in your life? You know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, as a church, we actually just got done walking through a series, touching on some of this um, in the series Out of the Cave. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the life of Elijah. Um, the the kind of genesis of that series was born from two places. One, every year we do, uh, twice a year, we do something called 21 Days of Prayer. Mm-hmm. We do it in the winter, in January, kind of offering the first part of our year to the Lord. And then we do it again in the fall kind of preparing for the fall season kind of getting getting re, re, rejuvenated refocused spiritually the summertime you know brothers on the beach hanging out yeah, you know yeah. do a little church online yeah, you know what i'm saying yeah. and so we're trying to get folks you know where they need to be so yeah. god can do what he wants to do in them and um and so during these 21 days of prayer in the fall i mean i was overwhelmed pastorally at the weight people are carrying mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of it circled around, you know, some of the typical stuff, relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, finances, family stuff. But I was shocked at the level of trust and transparency for people to write down mental health Mm. related issues. Yeah. So that series was born out of that. And then my pastor, Pastor Chris Hodges, Church of the Highlands, wrote a book called Out of the Cave, kind of Mm -hmm. tracking the life of Elijah. And so we started in Elijah's cave. We ended in David's cave. And, 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 you know, I've heard so many positive statements about the series. Like just uh, Monday, I got a letter in the mail from a woman who said, you know, I've battled these issues. Thank you for shedding some light. The reason I bring that up is that I think the church has to take front and center and have an honest conversation about the way the creator wired us. Sure. Mankind is, is three parts, body, soul, and spirit. Mm-hmm. 
Theologically, the term is tripartite man. Man is made up of three parts. Tri meaning three, part tied. So there's three parts to man. And so what we know is if I'm sick in my body, so so like if I'm sick from the neck down, everybody tell me to go see a doctor, mm-hmm. right? You know, if I'm coughing, if I'm wheezing, if the vid, you know, still out here, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Go go see a doctor, you know, make sure you get some medicine, get, get the help you need from a professional. If I'm sick from the neck up, if I just can't overcome the blue skies, if 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 I'm hearing voices, if I'm if I'm not able to make clear judgment, if I have these massive mood swings that seemingly come from nowhere, mm-hmm. no one ever stops to say, hey, you should probably see a doctor about that. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something, maybe there's something what we discovered in the series is that there's nine leading causings of depression and anxiety of the nine. Only two of them, only two of them are either um Outside of your control, meaning um, bodily, someone has done some trauma to you and a physical trauma and it's messed up the synapses in your brain or it's chemical imbalance, a lack of serotonin. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other seven really are directly connected to to some lifestyle choices. That's good news. Okay. Because what that means is that I have the ability to make some lifestyle changes that can help aid me in my um, bout with where there's depression, anxiety, some stuff like schizophrenia, bipolarism. Um, you know, I'm very um, I'm transparent about my own mental health struggles in our church. And, mm-hmm. you know, as a young boy, uh, I was diagnosed as clinically depressed. Mm-hmm. And I've been on meds before. And so I think mental health is important. The reason I think we tend to um, take the supernatural route to the, the, the spirit route, the just go to God about it route, yeah. It's because in our community, there's just a there is a pervasive mistrust of authority. Yeah, and um, yeah. we don't trust the government. We yeah. don't trust police. We don't trust teachers. We don't trust doctors. Yeah. Um, we don't trust lawyers. We don't trust mechanics. I yeah. mean, we don't trust nobody with any kind of authority. <laughs> yeah. Right. And some of it, some of it stems from a slave mentality. One, two. It also stems from the historic, systematic, not only oppression but advantage taken of the black community. So what mm-hmm. we've learned is don't trust nobody but yourself. Mm-hmm. Because everybody sees you as something to be taken advantage of. So you don't trust authority. If they're in authority, I don't trust them. Because nothing good has come to me from authority. The reason I said it's a part of a slave mentality is because we still see ourselves as the victim and everybody else as the master. Mm-hmm. Not realizing we've got agency. Like we have to advocate for our own health. Which means we have to avail ourselves of everything that not only faith has to offer, but science has to offer as well. Science isn't at odds with faith. Science confirms faith. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. You don't have to hide God from a man's inquiry about how life in, in the human body works, because God has already given us an answer. And so, all science can do is affirm what God has already written. Yeah. Okay. So, so let me kind of wrap this up. I think one of the things that gets in our way um, in the church of mental health is is again in the black community for sure. It's just a lack of trust of authority. We just we don't trust authority. I'm not saying that we haven't had some negative experiences, some historic negative experiences with people in authority. I would say, though, I would encourage us to, to take agency, to take responsibility, to, to be our own advocate mm-hmm. for our own health, to avail ourselves of all that's available so we can get healthy and we're not, we're not putting them in the prayer line when they should be taking Prozac. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because there could be some chemical imbalances, number one. Number two, to avail ourselves of counseling. Um, you know, I get it. The Holy Spirit is the wonderful counselor. Yeah. And my, 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 is he a wonderful counselor? Yeah. 
But also the scripture says, the scripture says that God has given people different spiritual gifts. And some people just have the gift of teaching, the gift of shepherding and shepherding really comes down to counseling. And there are just human things we've learned about the human experience. Millions and millions of data points. This isn't guesstimation. This is, hey, out of a million people, you know, 999,000 of them, when they do these five things, they find relief. Mm-hmm. Well, baby, you special, but you're not that special. Yeah. You, you do one of those things and you might begin to see some healing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we got to talk about it, Trev. And, and I know we talked a little bit about why it's pervasive, pervasive, pervasive within the black community, a lack of identifying and being honest or even aware of yeah. mental health. Some of it's a lack of knowledge. Some of it's a lack of trust. I think in general, there is a stigma, whether you're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. There is a stigma related to mental to mental health. Yeah. Um, and so what that means then is, uh, you know, um, hey, if you got if you got a, if you got some mental ailment, if you got something that's happening in your head, you can't you can't you can't kind of figure it out on your own. Yeah. That doesn't mean you're damaged goods. It just means you're human. Yeah. You know, it just means you're human. It just means there is there could be something physical and chemical or there could be some um, some um, some lifestyle choices you've made or some choices people have made on you that are negatively affecting your ability to reason well, to have healthy and balanced emotions, to have clear and concise decision-making. Those things are being affected by these um, external and sometimes internal uh, uh, triggers and traps that, mm-hmm. that are kind of getting in the way of you moving forward and, and doing everything that, that God put you on the surf to do. Yeah, I as, as we were just talking, you had hit on the point of counseling. Yes. And... I think to myself, the one of the reasons, and it just hit me now, one of the reasons why I don't think that I've ever truly made a true advance to counseling yep. is because I feel comfortable in praying in solitude. Yep. Like I it's something about it's something about being able to pray and knowing that you're praying to God, but that conversation staying between mm. you and God versus going to a counselor and having to open up to somebody that could potentially, yeah, not supposed to, but could potentially out your business. Yeah, so that's fear, some fear, some lack a of trust. A lot of it. Like, for me, I don't have that. Like, yeah. like, like for for a while, for a while. Uh, so I I've, I started dealing with depression after my father passed. Yeah, um, and this was after fourteen years old, and and I got to a point to where I wanted to commit suicide. Yeah, and uh, and for a while. Um, those feelings were strong almost every day, and wow. now they're like maybe here and there. But they're, they're, I never make a true advance to it. So me, mm. me and Ebony talk about it, and she's like, "Hey, you need to find somebody to talk to." So I right. try to find somebody to talk to, but whenever I get to the point of reaching out to that person that I may want to talk to, I always back off. Yeah, because there's a fear that this person's going to know too much about me. Mm. And I know this is your profession. I know you're here to help. Right. But you're going to know too much about me. And I'm a, well, I'm an introvert, but I'm yep. an extrovert when I need to be. Yep. But I'm naturally yep. an introvert. Yep. So I like to be by myself. Right. Me and Ebony take breaks from each other for a time. Like, hey, baby, go upstairs and go in the bedroom. I'm right. going to stay downstairs. Right. 
I'll hit you up in a couple hours. I need my me time. I just need some me time. Like right. if I gotta take a drive, I gotta take a drive by myself. Right. I just I just I just need that time. So whenever I'm dealing with something super personal, yeah, it's hard for me to give up that freedom mm. of being able to have or that control being able to know it's just me dealing with this or it's just me knowing about the issue. Now I gotta talk to somebody that I truly don't know. I don't know their yeah. their greatest desires, I don't know their intent, I don't know their plan. It's they just have the the career and the profession. That's all I know about them. Right. I, I don't want to give that up. So I don't. I, I I honestly don't know how to how to because I'm I'm still actively looking for a counselor. Yep. I'm looking for a therapist. Yeah. But I don't know how to break through that wall of distrust to get to the place to where I want to be vulnerable enough to to tell somebody, hey, I'm dealing with this. How can you help? Yeah. I just you, go to God. You you you, you made a statement. Um, you said, you know, it's hard giving up uh, uh, that freedom. Yeah. And then you said, well, or that control. And I think some, sometimes we confuse the two. We can, we confuse control and freedom. Having control isn't necessarily having freedom if what you have control of actually has control of you. Mm. Freedom is the ability to know what I, what I can and I can't control. It's the serenity prayer. It's the prayer of serenity, right? God help me. You know, essentially to control the things I can and to have the wisdom to let go or to know the things that I can't. Mm-hmm. Right? It's this whole idea of knowing freedom is in knowing what I can and can't control. So the the kind of the um kind of the idea is as long as no one else knows but me, then I'm in control. Therefore mm-hmm. I'm safe. Therefore I'm free. Mm-mm. I would say I would say, you know, my wonder would be, Trev if um you know if you consider what is freedom you know freedom is the ability to love to love the people in my life without fear freedom is the ability to not fear them betraying me like this person betrayed me mm-hmm. freedom is the f- ability to love them and not fear they would abandon me mm-hmm. um you know we, we we didn't necessarily jump out talking about this with your dad but you know I mean, I wonder if, you know, there's some abandonment like, man, he didn't want to leave, but he did leave mm-hmm. and you got left on your own. And now to open up and get that vulnerable with somebody else only for them to leave again. No, I'd rather just keep it to myself. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm not I'm not going to go there. And you feel safe, but you're not free. Mm-hmm. You feel safe, but that ain't freedom. That ain't, the Bible says he who the son sets free is free indeed. And part of the context of finding freedom isn't just finding salvation, but finding a safe place in community where you can get free. Like Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, but it's the people around him who take off his, his grave clothes. Mm-hmm. So there's a role that God plays, and then there's a role that people play. And, and I would say... I have found the greatest places of freedom as I've allowed other people to help me take off the, the my, my grave clothes. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I, I say counseling for anybody who's watching or listening. Man, they're like they're like a pair of shoes. You got to find the one that fits. Yeah, you know, it's not that there's one that's bad or good, and I'm sure there are bad and good counselors out there. But what I've found is you got to find one that you can rock with, one that you feel safe with, one you can get honest with. And you ain't got to come in day one and be like, let me tell you where all the bodies are. You, you know what I'm saying? You got you to gotta like, you got to like, you got to work into that. Yeah. And if they're a good counselor, they know that. And it's more listening than fixing. Okay. 
because um, more often than not, people need someone to listen mm-hmm. more than they need another lesson. Mm-hmm. Because there's a part of this where, you know, it's it's not even suggestive questions. It, questions. It's it's like so, you know. So like I would say, Trev, you know, you said, man, every time I go, I get afraid. What are you, what are you afraid of? What is that fear? And then, then you identify what the fear is this. Mm-hmm. Okay, why are you afraid of that? And I think if the reason I'm kind of role-playing this out on this podcast mm-hmm. is because I'm trying to remove the fear of what will happen when I go into the room with the counselor. Mm-hmm. Like, what are they going to say? Like, are they going to, like, look me in the eye and I'm just going to break under the pressure and tell them everything? Mm-hmm. It ain't, it's not like that. You know, it's like I just want people to feel comfortable to get into the room. Because I think once they get into the room, then they'll discover it's not as bad as they thought it would be. Yeah. So, so as it pertains to mental health, you know, and, and we're talking about this whole, like, man, what, what do we do in in the church? How can we get better at it? Um, you know, I would say you'd be surprised at how often things that we would classify as mental health issues show up in the lives of the people who are following Jesus. People who followed 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 the Father, Elijah's one of them. I just want to kind of circle back around and kind of give you a moment. I know you're gonna you got another question for me, mm-hmm. but but you you kind of brought up you know your own kind of you know at times, man. It's like I think I'd be better if I wasn't here. You mm-hmm. know they call those suicidal ideations, right? Mm-hmm. And you know how to get help. You know how to connect with your wife. You got a group of bros, and you have a relationship with God, mm-hmm. and, and you're working on the counseling piece. Man, Elijah is so overwhelmed with life that he literally says, God, it would be better if I were dead. That's a suicidal ideation. He said, it would be better if I weren't here. Man, I'm out of here. I don't even want to be here no more. The idea of being gone is more peaceful, more relieving than the idea of staying here. And so I think you'd find, like Jeremiah, my wife and I were talking the other day, about just emotions and people in the Bible. And, and Jeremiah is is so down in the dumps that, that theologians nickname him the weeping prophet. Because mm-hmm. he's, I mean, for Pete's sake, there's a whole book written by him called Lamentations. Mm-hmm. He It's a book of lamenting. Mm-hmm. And he can't see the good. All he can see is the bad. He's like, man, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Judgment's coming. People are dying. Things aren't good. He can't see. He can't. And that's really what depression does. Depression darkens and dims your view. So you can't see the good. Mm-hmm. It's half empty. I don't know. I can't do it. You lose your sense of agency. You, lo- you lose your, your perspective. Mm-hmm. And I would say, man, there's a lot of people in the Bible. There's a lot of people in the Bible who battle mental health issues. Mm-hmm. They didn't call it mental health, and they didn't just put him in the prayer line. God's answer to Elijah, take a nap, eat some food, deal with the physical. Mm-hmm. Here's a way we're going to deal with some of that depression, Elijah. Let's get some of these physical. Let's look at your diet. Are you drinking enough water? Mm-hmm. What's your sleep patterns like? Are you crashing because you're so full of junk food and sugar? You're calling your depression, but really it's a sugar crash. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, what are what are some of the physical things that can be done to help you get out of this ditch mm-hmm. of depression? Yeah, I Yeah, there's there's when you when you bring up the the example of Lazarus and mm-hmm. being raised and and then the people taking off his grave clothes, 
Yeah. I just I never looked at it in the sense of yeah, the miracle happened, but then the people were around them to do the extra work. Yes. And I guess that's how you should look at counselors, doctors, physicians, anything like that. You know, God can do the miracle, but he, he placed people around you to be able to do the work. I I never Yeah, man. I never saw it that way. I I mean, I, I always harken back to the to the example of of you find freedom in God. Yeah. There's peace in God. There's free so Yeah. I always I always look and say, well, if that's where my freedom comes from, yep. then why go to yep. this person? Yep. And that's that's been a struggle. I mean, I'm sure other people struggle with that too. Oh, absolutely. But, absolutely. but it's one of those, you know, if if God is everything you need, it's and these are these are things you hear the pastor say yeah, when yeah. they're in the mix of their sermon. Yeah. God is all you need. God yeah. is everything you need. God right. is all this, and it's like, well, if you hear that, yeah, then when you when somebody tries to refer you to somebody that can help you, yeah. that's not God, right? Then it's well, no, because God is all I need. Right. The pastor said, God is all I need. Like this is why do I need your help? Yeah, if God is all I need, pray about it. You know, seek God. Read my Bible. Yeah, situation will go. You know, yeah, it'll it'll pass from me sometimes. Right, right. So I think for me at least, I'm I, I'm learning to get away from that mindset of not that God is all I need, but yeah. that God places That's right. people in certain professions right. to help you, um, and that He's overall going to be yeah. comforting you and, yeah. and over your situation. But yeah. but there are people in the world that are willing to help. And God is going to place them in your life. I, I mean, wow, that just kind of that's an eye opener about yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. grave clothes being taken off. That's yep. that's something serious, man. Yeah, and and you know, honestly, if you go back to the story, Jesus is the one who instructs them to help Lazarus. Yeah. Jesus calls Lazarus by name. Lazarus, come out, because you know the the joke is if he wouldn't have named Lazarus only, then everybody in the grave would have came out. Yeah. So he could, if he would have said, "Come out," then everybody yeah. would have got, you know, a, a, you know, a second round, you know. Yeah. But he goes, "Lazarus, come out," and then he says to the people, "God tells the people, now go help him get free. Mm-hmm. He's alive, but he ain't free. Yeah, help him get free because Lazarus couldn't unwrap himself. Mm-hmm. And God, Jesus didn't unwrap him." Jesus could have caught him out and then went over there and took his grave clothes off, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, Lazarus, come on out. Hey, y'all, go help your brother. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think to your point, you know, there's, there's, I, I think what, you know, you know, us preachers, man, we can, we can preach a point to death, mm-hmm. you know, and it, mm-hmm. it, it's in the moment, you're excited about it, but sometimes with the, the precision and accuracy be, begins to wane a little bit yeah. for the sensational and inspirational. Um, and so God is first, not only. Mm-hmm. According to his divine design, mm-hmm. he is first. He will not be second. God is first, but not only, mm-hmm. meaning God is the only one I need. Well, that ain't true. You needed your mama to feed you mm-hmm. and your daddy to change your, your, your diapers. Mm-hmm. You need this employer to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so God is yeah. first, but not only. Mm-hmm. By his design, if he was only then all, there, there wouldn't be nobody in this planet but me and God. Matter of fact, God is the one who said it's not good for a man to be alone. Yeah, wow. 
you, you know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah. And so the self-reliance, the self-reliance, all I need is me. And God, again, it goes back to a lack of trust. Yeah. I don't trust nobody but God mm-hmm. because everybody else can let me down. And the way that I'm going to keep myself safe is by keeping everybody out. Yeah. Not realizing that self-reliance is just a, photo, a subtle form of idolatry. Okay. I'm God. I know what God is saying. I know what I need most. Don't mm-hmm. nobody else. So so God God is first, but not only. Yeah. I need God the most, but not only. Mm-hmm. So not only is he first, like I'm going to go to God before I go to anybody else. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm going to go to God first because the opposite of that is I'm going to go to my wife. I'm going to go to my friends. I'm going to go to my counselor. I'm going to go to yeah. my coach. I'm going like, to go to everybody but God. And mm-hmm. God is like, man, is you going to even like. Ask me, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I made you. So I'm going to go to him first. Yeah. But not only. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I need God the most, but not only. Yeah. Like I need him the most. So that's why he's number one. He's uno. God can't be second. He will not, he will not allow himself to be second. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't need him only. Again, yeah. he's the one who said it's not good mm-hmm. that you do this thing by yourself. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 68. It says, it says, um, God puts the lonely in the families. Hmm. Like family is his idea. Yeah. But he says the rebellious, what is the rebellious? A person who's unwilling to submit to a family. Mm-hmm. They're like a scorched land, like a sun scorched land. Because family provides the vital nutrients you need to grow. Mm-hmm. And so whether that's whether that's um, your spiritual family, your natural family, you know, you got to find a place where you can grow and get healthy, where people can water you in counseling. Although it's not family, the idea it's it's human relationships, Mm -hmm. human relationships. They're God's God's idea. Yeah, Yeah, I think I think also uh, something that with with mental health that I think and and this is a lot of stuff that is just kind of surfacing now just because. I've never had a conversation yeah. out loud with uh, somebody about mental health. I yeah. think just because I, I never wanted to. Yeah. To be honest with you, I never really wanted to. But um, I think one of the sources of why it's hard for me to open up yep. is uh, is the fear of being judged. For sure. I understand that. That is so, – so whenever something goes wrong between me and Ebony – the one thing that I always recite once it's getting figured out is I never wanted you to judge me. So that's why mm. I didn't say anything. Yeah, yeah. Because I fear, and she'll tell me, baby, I'll never judge you. I'll never yeah. think anything. Because she's a saint. He is, she, everybody, he's married to a saint. Woo. Come on. Miss King. And she can cook too. Woo. My goodness. Holy Ghost. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> baby, I love you. All right. Get now, them points in. Get them points in. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love, baby, it's for you. Uh, no, I, I, I just feel, I feel judged. And that's why it's even hard for me to to, to open up, even in the, the group that we're in, yeah. with all the men. I, I speak here and there yeah. as far as my own personal, yeah. but it's not often because Though somebody says they not, they won't judge you, internally I'm doing it to myself. Right. So when I'm doing something to myself, it's hard for me to see why you wouldn't. Yeah. Because I have to live in this body. I have That's to be. Really I have good. to be who I am mm. all the time until the day I die. Right. So 
if I'm willing to do that to myself, yeah. what's stopping you? Yeah, why wouldn't I believe you do the same thing? What's stopping you from from yeah. from not believing in me, or if you're not from believing mm-hmm. me, or or doubting me, or having fears about me, or whatever, or judging right. me? Like that that is such a strong weight that is on a lot of people's shoulders mm-hmm. being judged. It's it's a big struggle because you just it puts me in the shadows. Yeah, it puts me in that. Puts me in the cave. Yeah, I don't want to come out yep. because I feel like once I open that door, all I'm going to do is have fingers point. That's why I'm a drummer. Yep. That's why I like to stay in the back. I like to all stay right. in the shadows. You ain't just a drummer now, brother. We you've been you've been leading. You've hey, been leading some songs, man, my man. Oh, man. Come, come on, Bishop. Man, come on, bro. It's been so good. I do what I do. I do what I do from time yeah. to time, baby. No, yeah. it's like I just I don't want to be. I want my actions to be seen. Yeah, but I don't want to have to suffer. Yeah. With the judgment, if somebody says, "Hey, I didn't like that," yeah, that that hits harder for me than a lot of people. Yeah, when somebody just you can you can compliment me a hundred times, yeah. but if you say, "But I didn't, I didn't," the, ju- yeah, the like, criticism. Ah, oh my gosh, that hits. I played a show once, uh, once, and I was the crowd was maybe intimate crowd of a hundred, hundred fifty people yep. at a concert, and. Everybody that walked up to us after the concert was over, hey man, you killed it, you killed it, you killed it. And there was one drummer, and I still know his name. If I ever see him, brother, man, you better run. Ah, but I, <laughs> I remember, and he said, hey man, that last song, bro, you was kind of slacking. And I looked at him, I said, what you mean slacking? And he was yeah. like, yeah, man, I, I would have did this if I was on. And he just walked off. And uh-huh. the next person came, and they were praising me again. Yeah. That still sticks with me because I know his name. I see his face. Yeah. Ain't talked to him in 10 years. Right. But I'm just like, I just want to approach him. Hey, bro, why did you have to yeah. give me that? Crit-? And it's not like he was doing anything wrong. He was yeah. just saying, hey, yeah. I would have did it this way. Yeah, but the criticism stings and stays longer than the praise. It stays way longer. I don't remember half the stuff that the people said to me that yeah, was great. But you remember that. I remember that. And yeah. that alone, that makes me, that stopped me from wanting to do shows for a while. Yeah. Because now I know, now I know there's potential for somebody to say, you did it wrong. Yeah. Well, if I know I did it right, if I, if I feel like I'm, if I feel like I'm doing life right. Yeah. If I feel like I have a handle on yeah. life, even if I know there might be some mess ups, but I feel like I have a, a strong grip on it. Right. And somebody tells me I'm doing life wrong. Right. Come yeah. on. Now right. my world shattered. Right. You know, one of the things you brought up, Trev, that I think is is powerful, I think for a lot of us, we deal with it. I mean, it is it is the story of the Bible. I mean, the opening scene, Genesis 1, 2, and 3, it's God's original intention. Mm-hmm. Like, this is God's plan for human flourishing. By the time we get to Genesis, I think it's like 315, where Adam and Eve eat, eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They listen to the voice of Satan, who basically says, put your life in your own hands. You don't have to trust God. God's holding out on you. Mm-hmm. You know, live your, live, live your life. After they sin, they hide. Mm-hmm. Perfect love shows up. God is love. It's not an attitude. It's not a mood. It's not dependent on what you do. God God loves you because God is love. That's who he is. That's innate in his nature. He is the epitome and embodiment of love. Mm-hmm. God is love. Love shows up and they're hiding in shame. It says in, in shame, they hid themselves. They sew fig leaves together. Here's my point is that 
fear of judgment drives shame. Mm -hmm. You're not the only one. I struggle with it. A lot of us are struggling with this, but we're not talking about it. So we stay in bondage to it. Because what, what, what gets brought to the light gets freedom. Mm. Not what you hide. It's, it's not what you hide. You can't get freedom in the dark. You can't get healed from what you're not honest about. You cannot, you will not get healed until you get honest. Mm -hmm. Right? You have to. That's what confession is. Confession is honesty with God. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful mm -hmm. and just to not only forgive our sins, but watch this, Trev, to cleanse us mm -hmm. from all unrighteousness. I'll wash you clean. I'll make you new. In 1 John chapter 5, here's what made me think of it. It said, whenever you talk to Eb, you like, if I'm honest, the reason I didn't tell you, I'm afraid of being judged. Mm -hmm. 1 John 5. I think it's verse like 17 or something. It says, Perfect love cast out fear. For fear involves punishment, mm -hmm. and the one who fears has not been made perfect or mature in love. So here's the here's the good news. The more spiritually mature I become, the more confident I become in God's love. Mm -hmm. I don't become more confident in my ability to not let him down, I become more confident in his perspective of who I am. Mm -hmm. That I am loved by God, no matter what I do. And over time, right, you don't gotta tell everybody, but you gotta tell somebody. Mm -hmm. Over time, you find that trusted friend or two where you can go, hey, can I be honest with you without judgment? You know, I read a quote one time in the book and uh, I don't remember exactly how it went, but it was like, you know, uh, a true friend can separate the wheat or the kernel of who you are from the chaff of life. Mm -hmm. And so it's this idea that, you know, you see that wheat and it grows and it bends over. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's bending, it's because it's maturing. And the kernels inside of that little stalk of wheat, they're heavy. And so it makes the wheat bend over. Mm -hmm. Well, the part that we, we turn into bread or beer is the kernels. You know I'm saying mm -hmm. let the church say amen. amen. Um, and so it's the kernels. Mm -hmm. That's the part that's that's valuable. Okay. But all you see is the chaff. All this that's what the outside's called when it's all gone. Mm -hmm. And it says a true friend is like, man, I see like I see that stuff. Like I see some of the failures, I see the attitude, those thoughts you have and that stuff you did, that stuff you said. But bro, that's not who you really are. Mm-hmm. Like, you're the kind of man who will leave a legacy. You're the kind of man who will teach their children what they need to know. You're the kind of man who are praying for your babies before they're ever even born. You're the kind of man who falls down but gets back up again. Like, you need people who can see the value, who mm -hmm. can see the kernel, right, the, the true substance of who you are, and separate that from the chaff. And when you find that, a person who won't judge, and the idea of judge is to condemn, who won't condemn you. Because mm -hmm. we, we, we ain't looking for is for people to agree with everything we do. Mm -hmm. Like that ain't friendship. Like I don't need people who like, you want to have an affair? You want to watch porn? Mm -hmm. You want to smoke dope? You want to shoot people? Mm -hmm. Bless God. Yeah. No, I need some brothers who are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. You, got, you got a lot to lose, bro. Mm -hmm. Now like I love you. 
Now, if you shoot up that store, like, you going to jail. Yeah. I'm going to put some money on your books, but you going to jail, bruh. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need some people who, but you don't need people who say, you want to do what? I thought you was a Christian. Yeah. I thought you was real. You fake. Yeah. You know, you, you, you a hypocrite. Like, nah, that ain't what we need. We need people who, like, love us through when we do stupid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And again, you, you, I'm not saying you're going to have 15 people who like that. Mm-hmm. You know, but we got a brother who walked through some tough stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the brothers rallied around him. Yeah. Like, like, I ain't at home with my wife, like, talking bad about this brother. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying in public, I'm saying in private. Cause that's that's called it. The word for that is integrity, mm-hmm. and um, and so you can't trust every you know you can't trust everybody. Oh, for sure. Um, but you got to trust somebody. Yeah. And um, and so I think a lot of people can identify with a lot of what we talked about in this episode, whether it's ranging from mental health and why don't we go? Whether it's fear of authority or the stigma that still rests on mental health. Um, you know, um, if you if you go to the podcast, you go to the show notes. Um, we'll we'll link the teaching series we did as well as the book mm-hmm. um, from my pastor, um, and uh, hopefully that's a blessing to people. Um, and then you know we also talked about kind of uniquely to the black community. Yeah, you know, and and um, why don't why don't we trust people in authority? Because mm-hmm. it's not just mental health. We don't we don't trust. And again, I mean. You know, you you look at the history of America and this treatment of of black folks, and mm-hmm. it's it's not for, of people in authority. Um, and there is this pervasive um, um, dealing with people of color uh, to exploit them or to appropriate their culture, mm-hmm. and to take what's what's valuable from it and discard, you know, the content of who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so whether it's that that or it's just a reality of like, here's why you don't have to fear seeing a counselor, yeah. and here's why it's important to talk to somebody and not just talk to God. Mm-hmm. For those of our listeners that are Christians, um, talk to God first, but don't talk to God only. Yeah, you know, God, you need God the most, but you don't need God only. Mm-hmm. Um, as we're kind of closing out this episode, we we are about thirty minutes in or 40, 40 minutes in rather. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that kind of bubbles up, maybe we'll jump into a bonus episode because yeah. it feels like we still got a lot to talk about. Yeah. But but just to to kind of kind of bring it close to this one, anything kind of bubbling up in your heart, you want to kind of make sure people hear before we before we close out this episode. Yeah, well, uh, last night before uh, I went to sleep, I looked up something, and uh, according to the Mental Health of America, so African Americans make up thirteen point four percent of the U.S. That's right. it. Thirteen point four percent out of or no, hold on, let's let's say out of a U.S. population identifies with African American. Yep, thirteen point four percent of the U.S. population makes up about African Americans. Says of those, sixteen percent reportedly have mental health issues uh, in the past year. Wow, of sixteen percent, that's over seven million people. Yeah. So over seven million African Americans identify with having mental yeah. is, mental health issues. Yeah, um, I didn't find the statistic of of the seven million how many actively sought out. Yeah, but because of 
knowing that African Americans have a uh, have problems with reaching out with mm-hmm. mental health issues. I can assure you that it's not close to the seven million of the the, the seven million people that have mental health issues. It's not close to that amount of people that have actively reached out. It's probably very significantly under. Yeah. So uh, if that for me at least seeing that seven million people just with my own skin tone mm-hmm. have that have that issue helps me to understand that I'm not in it alone. Yeah. Um. And that with seven million African Americans that are identifying. Just identifying with mental health, um, there has to be some channels out there uh, to be able to to overcome your mental health and overcome uh, depression, anxiety, uh, suicidal thoughts, and just everything else that might be rambling in your mind. So um, I would just say seek help. Um, Seek help in Christ and seek help in those who are uh, those who have taken the time to study and learn. And to put some trust, like you said, and, and this is something that I'm learning just today, put trusting people that that actively have done the, the studying and the research to be able to help you out. Yeah. Um, I'm going to actively look for somebody to talk to and I won't just stop there, but I'm going to move on to the next step as far as contacting um, because I it would be wrong of me to have this conversation for the 30, 40 plus minutes we had. And then to not act on it. Yeah. So, uh, and then you're one of my accountability brothers. So, yeah, absolutely. So I know you're going to check in with me to make sure I did it. And then Ebony's going to listen to this podcast. So she's going to be on me about it. Uh, so, so I'm going to actively do it. And uh, so I would just hope that for the listener that is listening to this and, and not sure about what the next step is. Um, for me, I would say pray, seek God. And then seek somebody that's in the profession that can help you. That's really good. That's super good. That's super good. Hey, I wanna I wanna say thanks for your level of vulnerability uh, in our podcast. You know, people may not know this, but these aren't like scripted out. You know, um, sometimes we'll we'll have some some questions like, hey, let's let's hit some of these things. But really, it's conversational. It's it's two it's two brothers just talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so there's just there is this authenticity that kind of comes to the surface when you put yourself in that position and and i just want to say thank you for pressing in and and uh, not just giving giving people great questions which you always have and sometimes i'll walk away like man i gotta think on that um but you but but thank you for giving them yourself. No problem. And um, hopefully this was encouraging to you, whether you're listening to it or checking it out on YouTube or some other platform. We want to say thank you for tuning in and, and uh, joining the conversation with us. Please add, share, like, um, put some stuff inside of the comment section. Let us know. What do you want to talk about? What was helpful to you? What are you finding that's helping you find the freedom that you need from the things that L-U. Please uh, like, review, um, give us some stars. It'll make it easier for people to find us on whatever you're listening to. If there's a podcast um, platform you're listening from, whether it's Apple, Google Store, or Prime, um, or uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, we love if you would subscribe, hit the hit the share button. Mm-hmm. And uh, until we get back to you next week, everybody, we're going to keep it real. We're going to keep it raw. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.